You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a bitch. But don't be afraid. That's why we give you Weekend Fantasy Update. Welcome back. Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. My name is Tony Scott. He is George Kurtz. And number hour number two. And uh, we're absolutely getting it done. Fantasy baseball season underway. And we're putting together lineups. We're looking at uh, teams, seeing how we did. And uh, hopefully you're not throwing your hands up in the air like you just don't care after a couple days into the season, George. Uh, people, that's one of the things, too, in fantasy baseball. It takes a great amount of patience. I don't try to get too insane with any roster moves before Memorial Day. I'm the same way. Said it on the earlier show. Uh, I believe in waiting until Memorial Day. It's sort of the, my first check mark. That's not to say I won't make a move or two for the hot player. Right, right. There are guys at the end of my roster that might be dead guys, but I'm not going to do anything major. This is we hear it every every year, Tony. There are guys who don't hit well in cold weather. It takes them a couple of weeks to warm up. Blah blah. Baseball is a marathon. It's not a sprint. I try to be patient, and I am not. I don't even look at standings, by the way. Uh, so uh, I'll, I'll wait for. A while before I, I mean, if I have time, fine, but I'm not, oh my God, I'm in third place, I'm in eighth place, I'm in 10th place. It, it really doesn't matter at this point. I like, I look at the standings. I like to keep, I like, to, I like, I like it when I'm doing good. I like it when I'm doing good too, but I, I don't know. I'm, how many, I, how many leagues you win, by the way? How many leagues did you end up in? Uh, I am in six, which is the most I've played in a long time. Yeah, the, the, tonight's draft will be the sixth one for me, and uh, uh, I guess I think this is a little less. I think it was an eight last year, so I've, I've calmed down some. Uh, I said it before. I think I think I'm a better player than when I don't play in as many leagues. Yeah, and one definitely. of those six is the best ball, so it doesn't even matter because yeah, I can't pay attention to every league, Tony. I can't pay attention to the waiver wire. They all run at different times. You know, Thursday, Sunday, uh, two days a week, one day a week. One's a yeah. first come first serve. One's a fab. So it could drive you insane. I'm in two best ball leagues. And for the first time in a long time, I played a head-to-head league, um, which um, it's crazy because my my team's hitting the crap out of the ball, but my pitching hasn't done anything uh, as of yet. So uh, it's a tight matchup in the first week. I think, you know, I think for the first time in a long time, I'm not in a head-to-head league uh, this year. Which is un- I just thought about that. Uh, usually I do play in uh, one or two. This year, no head-to-head. I think I'm in one best ball, and the rest are all rotisserie. Were you excited to see Otani get a hit in his first at bat? <laughs> I might have been more surprised than anything else than excited. Uh, I am curious. Um, this is one thing about annoying about tomorrow. I won't be able to watch him pitch. I would have liked to have watched him pitch uh, to see uh, where he is. He's uh, He may be the player who's dropped the most in fantasy drafts. If you drafted yeah. in February or early March, he was what? Round five, round four, people really buying in. Now last week of the month, he was double that. You can get him double digits. Yeah, and it's crazy because – I never understood people picking him from an offensive perspective. So if you're in one of those leagues where Otani was uh, available from an offensive perspective, um, I don't – put it this way. If we had a wager, I would actually bet under on 210 for a batting average if we wanted a wager. And you gave me 210 over under, I would go under 210. And – it's not basing on a lot of statistical evidence because um, he doesn't have much, and he doesn't have any at the major league level. It basically, just watching him swing and watching him get absolutely looking foolish against minor league pitchers, I just don't understand how it's going to work. I think the problem with this, I mean, they've already said you know, he's not going to hit the day before or the day after he pitches. So, I mean, he's yeah. obviously, uh, therefore, he shouldn't be in the lineup on Saturday. So, if that's true, I mean, how are you going to get good if you're not going to play every day? And, you know, if, you know, if your main concern for the team is pitching. So, they, they don't want you taking a hell of a lot of batting practice or working with you. They want you to pitch. That's what you're there for. That's what they need there. So I just don't see how – in my mind, it keeps, I keep thinking of Tim Tebow in my head. And what I mean is this is a guy who, yeah, he wants to play ball, but he doesn't do anything in the winter because he's covering college football for ESPN. So he's not going to the Arizona Fall League. You know, right. so you're a part-time player. 
It means you're never going to be very good at that. Uh, I have no problem. Listen, if you're in a league that uh, allows you, if the site allows you to put him in your lineup and it's daily, fine. On the days you know he's in the lineup, you want to put him in there and take a shot, fine. But he'd be a matchup play at best against good pitchers. I don't want him in there. 210, I mean, it might be a little low for me, but if you would have said 220, I'd be in on you. So uh, I don't think he hit much. He, I don't think he's going to hit much this year at all. I uh, I agree with you. I think it's kind of crazy, um, and there was so much expectations. And obviously, the Angels say they didn't, but they agreed when they when they uh, signed him to give him the opportunity to hit and pitch. Because there's no way if they didn't have an agreement that he would have been in the lineup opening day as a hitter. No way. Oh, I, I'm, I 100% agree with you. Of course they made a deal. And so if they want to save face by saying they didn't, that, that's fine. But we all know they did. That's what gave them the advantage. I'm sure certain, certain teams said no. And, well, those teams got crossed off that list of where he was going. So uh, that, that's all fine and good. Uh, I do wonder what happens when you're right. Let's say he's batting 208. You know, and it's June. You know, he's got one home run. He can't hit. He can't hit because he's not – either he can't hit major league pitching right now or because he's not a true full-time hitter here. I wonder at that point they say, hey, all right, listen, we gave you a shot here, but team, we're not playing well. You know, we, we need a bat in this line who can hit. We got we have to move on from you. I wonder what happens then if they uh, – I don't want to say they give him an ultimatum, but they sort of push him in that direction. Yeah, I think that once they get past that and he's still he's hitting that low, I think they'll be off the hook and he'll be able to, to work on his game. And I think he's going to be fine as a pitcher, though. I think he's going to be a guy a lot like Robbie Ray, where he's going to have an ERA around 3.5, 3.6. His whip might be a little high, and he's going to strike out, I think, top five in the league. Uh, per nine, because he pitches every six days, so he won't have the number of strikeouts as the top pitchers. I might agree with you there as well. I think pitching, he will be fine. I do worry, you know, once again, Japanese baseball is uh, smaller than an American League, uh, American baseball. So uh, maybe that takes a little bit while of an adjustment period here. I think he gets better as the season goes along. That's where I'm going with that. As he makes the adjustments to, obviously, pitching uh, in the United States, pitching in the Amer- American League, uh, seeing batters over and over again, watching film, all that sort of stuff. And again, uh, adjust, adjust to the ball as well. I do think he'll get better, but I don't think he's ever going to reach the hype that he had when he came over. He had some hype, for sure, man. He had some hype. Who Everybody and their mother the... wanted him. Yeah, I mean, I don't think of any other player that had as much hype as him. Even Because I remember the whole Daisuke Matsusaka situation, right? And that coming in. And there's no way. This was even bigger than that. It was much because he oh, he's going to be a great hitter. He's the Babe Ruth. And that's what we kept hearing. He was going to be the Babe Ruth, you know. So he he had much more hype because he's going to be, you know, he's going to hit great and he's going to pitch great. Yeah, I think we, most of us knew that was BS. And so there's a reason you can't do uh, do both well because you can't practice it both well. So uh, as I said, I think uh, I think his hitting is it's sort of fun, you know. And like I said, I don't have an issue with it. If on um, a days you know he's in the lineup, you're in a daily lineup league, you want to plug him in, fine. I think I think eventually you'll take him out, and you won't do that either. But if you're plugging him in a weekly lineup league. I mean, have you not been paying attention? Uh, right now, he, he can't hit the major league level right now. I'm not saying he won't run into one, hit a home run. Most players do eventually. He's got the power to do that. And uh, the Angels did lower that fence in, uh, in right field, which I would have never done if I was them. But uh, So I, I'm sure he'll run into one every now and again. But as a, as a hitter, a DFS play, probably not. Not something that you're looking at. You're talking to the Fantasy Baseball Update. And, of course, right now, it's the weekend update, but it's fantasy baseball time. So why sugarcoat it? Let's just change the name of the show to the fantasy baseball update. Sounds good. Let's let's call Mike. (laughs) Let's get it done, my man. Let's get it done. Uh, We talked about the New York Yankees and their outfield situation there. Uh, Aroldis Chapman uh, let up a run last night, and uh, that bullpen is going to be devastating. But he got the save, and that's what you – uh, looking for there. The Baltimore Orioles, how interesting was it to see Chris Davis batting leadoff? Now, Davis this year was crazy. Chris Davis, of course, with the C. He was going in reserve rounds. He was not being picked in drafts. And if you did take a chance on Davis, one thing you want is you want some RBIs. And now he batted leadoff. Uh, what, what the hell's going on here? 
Yeah, this is probably not what you wanted to see. Not unless you were in. I mean, what's funny about that is, uh, first thing I looked at is, well, is he a big OBP guy? It was only three oh nine last year, three thirty two the year before. I mean, I don't know what's. Yeah, I hoping? don't. I don't see any reason. More like, fastballs. I, I don't see where this is a positive. I mean, the only thing I think of Tony is uh, does, does Buck throw show Walter? I think he. I mean, sometimes Buck does try to be smaller than everybody else. Oh yeah, you know, I like Buck Showalter as a manager. Right, but he's definitely one of those guys. So, does he think he's going to get more fastballs batting first? I mean, I don't. Do you want to get, try and get up to a quick one nothing lead? Is that what we're going with here? I mean, okay. Do, do they just not have anybody else? Yeah, you know, that also crossed my mind here when you look at it. No, you know, they don't have a prototypical guy there, who's a be a great. Uh, they have a lot of boppers. You know, Davis, Machado, uh, Scope. Well, uh, Machado, you would be, think would he be a guy? Be- Machado would be a guy that I would think would be better at leadoff, right? Because at least he gets on base, right? And he actually stole a base, which he didn't do last year. He stole a base in the opener. Uh, he would seem to me to be better suited at leadoff, but I don't know. Maybe they think that – because here's the thing. you got to think about this rationale. Now, follow along with me, people. If you want Machado to hit third because you want him to drive in runs because Chris Davis strikes out too much and you're worried that he won't drive in runs – well, how does that work then? If you put Chris Davis up first and he doesn't get on base, I, I listen. I wouldn't put Davis first. Uh, this is this, I can't see a stat here that makes. But I'm looking at all, all the guys here. Yeah, yeah. Beckham is barely over 300. Adam Jones is barely on the over 300. So it's not like you want either one of those guys. And then you know, Scope. You're not going to put him there. Who would you put? <laughs> Rasmus is terrible. Uh, Mancini, no. Catcher, no. They don't have anybody. That's the bottom line. They don't have anybody. But still, I'm not putting Chris Davis there because he's gonna, he doesn't put the ball in play. He's going to strike out. He doesn't walk a lot. He's certainly not going to steal any bases. Can't really run. He's more of a, a base clogger. The only thing I can think of here is that Buck is hoping for a quick one nothing lead. I'll tell you right now, people, is that uh, in DFS this year – I think we get to a point where we're going to be targeting the Orioles' batting order for strikeouts. Oh, they got a ton of them. I mean, there'll yeah. be a lot of free air conditioning there. Uh, you can be targeting the Orioles' pitching staff, too, because they can't pitch. Right? There'll be a lot of high-scoring games in, uh, in Baltimore. You like the over and unders? I'm going to like the over a lot. I mean, come on. Uh, Bundy's nice, but, you know, he, he dies the season, wears along. Cobb, granted, he's done it the, uh, the East before, but let's see how he does it in a, in a good hitter's ballpark, not Tampa Bay. And Gossman, you never know what you're going to get cashed into. I mean, there's some names here, but uh, so much has to go right for them to even try and compete. I think, like I said, I think a lot of high-scoring games are coming here. I'm just waiting for the, the sell-off from the Orioles. If they're going to trade uh, Machado and see what that does here, where he ends up. The Orioles, to me, are... Uh, I don't think they're put together all that well. No, I don't either. It, it's crazy because this owner has all the money in the world. and Won't spend it. Yeah, it's like the most insane thing in the world. And he's got a great deal uh, for Major League Baseball because he gets kicked in uh, like uh, a payment from the uh, Washington Nationals every year too because they were uh, so close to him geographically-wise. Then he made a case yeah, they infringed yeah, yeah. on his business. So he even gets money from them, too. He does. And listen, you're absolutely right. He's a gazillionaire, but won't spend it on the team. And <laughs> I, I don't know who spent on Chris Davis. I don't know if it was him or if he was talked into it by the GM. But if he was talked into it, and forget it, he'll never spend another dime because that Lord of Davis is well overpaid here. Yeah, but, for uh, people out I mean, there that are unaware, Chris Davis has a contract to 2022 with no <laughs> trades. And he's paid $23 million per year, $23 million every year until 2022. So Chris Davis is a Baltimore Oriole for the next five years. Good luck. You know, I think we all know that that contract's not going to – and we think we knew it at the time he was overpaid. There's a reason why no one else gave him an offer. You know, he's pretty much a one-dimensional guy who, you know, we weren't sure that dimension was going to be all that good. Oh. And you're going to end up keeping Chris Davis but losing Machado. Yeah, that's So nice. I, I got to actually, I, I got to, Chris Davis' agent's very creative. Chris Davis is uh, the Bobby Bonilla of Baltimore. You ready? Here's his actual contract. He's only paid $17 million a year. He gets $3.5 million from after the contract ends from 2023 to 2032. So even if he's done playing baseball, he gets three and a half million every year. 
all the way to 2032. Then from 2033 to 2037, he gets 1.4 million every year. So his contract ends in 2022, and he's paid 15 years after the contract ends. Oh God, that's what, uh, that is one of those Bobby Bonilla contracts. Wait, is he? He's still being paid by the Mets until what? 2025? Yeah, this guy. We'll be talking about Chris Davis now forever until 2037. He's going to be paid by the Baltimore Orioles. Holy crap! Well, hey. Uh, actually, it's, when you think about it, though, the deferred money generally means it's less present-day value. So uh, I guess it works out for Baltimore, but still. I mean, well, it, I'll never understand Chris Angelos. Davis. I don't know his lifestyle, but I bet Allen Iverson wishes he still got a paycheck every once in a while since, uh, you know, all the, some of these athletes had lost all their money. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, you know, when you think about it, I'm surprised more athletes don't do this when they make an over, you know, $200 million, $100 million. Get a little deferred here so you, uh, you, just to protect yourself so you yeah. don't uh, you know, put yourself into the poorhouse. He can sit back and laugh. I get $1.4 million until I'm 82. That That is amazing. I did, did not realize that with Chris Davis. That it, it's that <laughs> long. It's another 20 years. Think about it. It's 20 more years. <laughs> you guys, get fired up. You think life's going good. Life's going good for Chris Davis. You listen to Weekend Fantasy Update right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. George Kurtz, Tony Sakala, back with more baseball. If you're playing daily fantasy basketball on DraftKings or FanDuel this NBA season, you need to sign up for Daily Roto. Built by a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. Better yet, you can save 10% off using the promo code FNTSY. So go to DailyRoto.com backslash premium to learn more about their product. Welcome back. Fantasy update. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'll tell you right now, you guys listen to the shows. Here's the one thing I can tell you about the hosts. They're not as um, clean as they once were. Um, I think their hygiene's gone downhill <laughs> <laughs> with the changes of, uh, uh, you know, some of the commercial breaks. Have you noticed that, George? I, I have may, may have gotten caught earlier in the uh, in the earlier program, <laughs> and, and listen, my bathroom's right here. I mean, literally, it's five feet away. And I, I probably, if I did this correctly, I probably could drag all this where I could actually do this from the bowl. But uh, may have got caught earlier, not getting back quite in time. Well, there you have it. That's the little behind the scenes. This be the ultimate been... man show, though. You do, you do the show from the bowl, Tony. It's the ultimate man show. You think that? That's it. Pete Considori's our producer, Pete. Pete, uh, with the quick breaks, it's harder to go to the restroom here and um, and wipe properly. Um, do you think we could take this up with management? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I could definitely put a complaint in the complaint box, and then um, if that said box is uh, opened and that complaint is read, obviously we could try to get those breaks a little bit longer for you guys. It could be like the NFL where you get two challenges, you know, during the game. Maybe we could have two, like, extended breaks for uh, – <laughs> Well, hey, for, for for pooping. What 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 if what if the challenge is incorrect? Do you lose like a yeah. bathroom break? Is that how it works? Yeah, I think that would be good. Like, okay, we could make this de- definitely. I think it's a great suggestion. I think we can make it work. Yes, I'm not sure losing a bathroom break is ever a good thing. By the way, oh no, I don't want to know what's going to happen during the show. You you, you choose your challenges. Uh, you have to choose them wisely. <laughs> Carefully. Yeah. Yeah, George. Nobody's going in with the anticipation of losing a challenge, George. We think it's going to be a winner. Uh, yeah, I, 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 would ass- I would assume so, that it's going to be a winner. But like I said, it's the ultimate show, though. We, we all read magazines, right? Guys read newspapers, magazines on our phone while on the bowl. We can do a show while on the bowl. And problem solved both ways. Need a little desk. That's, that's pretty funny. That would be pretty good. That would be pretty good. Now, the Tampa Rays situation is everybody thought this team would be a terrible. And to tell you the truth, they only had one good inning thus far in the season, <laughs> but it was a big inning. Um, I look at this team, and 
I like I said this. I like the pitching staff, and Stell looked good uh, against the Red Sox. You got Chris Archer, uh, Jacob Faria is going to pitch uh, on Sunday. I think this Rays pitching staff is actually pretty good. Agreed. I mean, I, and it's a, it should only get better once again as it matures a bit here. Uh, the hitting's abysmal. I think we know that. But the, the Rays should be able to pitch. Uh, and listen, they, and they lost Carl when you think about it, which I understand because you're not going to pay a guy when you have players to replace him, especially when you're a small market. Uh, Archer, Snell, Farrier. I mean, that's a, that's a fine three. I think four and five. Well, they're only, actually, they're, they're another team that's only going to try and go to a four-man rotation. I don't know how long that lasts for. This team has been snake-bitten, though, Tony. I mean, Iavali, the, uh, the recent, most recent pitcher where he's out now yeah. for a couple of months with, what, uh, bone chips or a spur, whatever it might be. Jose De Leon, they lost him. Brett Honeywell lost him. I mean, uh, so really, this pitching staff could have been so much better if those two uh, would have stayed healthy. Uh, the, is, is this always true with the Rays, though? For really as long as I can remember, they can pitch, generally can't hit. Yeah, it, it certainly is that that you know, that situation where you look at this team. Though they've done well throughout their career with this kind of mentality, right? For a team that has a low budget, they're right there every year, and they've actually gone and done well in the postseason. They have. It is a formula that's worked for them. They've done very well as far as bringing up their prospects, uh, letting them play, and they've hit on them for somewhat. Lately, though, not so much. I guess I think when you think of the Rays, you think you're thinking a lot of three, two, four, three games. They're going to have to win. I think that's tough over the long haul. Uh, I think it's another team. I'm, I'm wondering: Is this the year that Colomay gets dealt? Is he going to get moved? The offense. You just look at the offense. I mean, is there one player? I mean, one player here you'd want. I mean, look I at would, this. I mean, Cron, maybe for some power? No, Smith, I think the bases? One, Kevin Kiermaier, right? Because he brings you a little bit of both, but not great in either, you know, a, a particular. But Kevin Kiermaier, people look at like 18 home runs, 15 stolen bases. I guess, yeah, because the bases, that's what I would need here. I mean, are you banking on a... Uh, this is this is going to be that Carlos Gomez can stay healthy and put up some numbers here because he could do a little bit of both as well. One of the plays I hate most in the uh, major league. My God, he stood at the plate and admired a home run during spring training. Right around the bases. I drill you. <laughs> You're not a Carlos Gomez guy. I, I don't like players who show up. I mean, in spring training, give me a break. Run around the bases. No one cares that you hit a home run in spring training. I still can't believe, and I drafted this guy in one league. I can't believe that Jose Batista doesn't have a job. I'm, sorry, I'm surprised. I, I drafted him in a very deep league, 40 man roster, yeah, 17 team league. Thing. I drafted him. I mean, how can he not have a job, Tony? You, I mean, I understand he's, he's, he's coming down, but he can't be a DH for you. What, the starting DH for Tampa Bay is Denard Span. He wanted to play in Tampa. He lives in Tampa. So I don't think money was an issue. Like the guys made the money. So I think, you know, he just wanted to play baseball. How is he not on the Tampa race? I agree. And we heard this with the rumors we heard here. Did, did he want too much money? Uh, is Tampa just not interested? Why? I mean, even if he did his bat flips, at least be something to watch there on the one Tampa base up at bat. I mean, uh, I don't get it either. Very sad. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me, the Tampa Rays. But they always never make any sense, but they somehow get it done. You're right, they do. I mean, uh, but, you know, they lost Friedman, who's now with the Dodgers. I guess he had, he finally had it with uh, the small market team here. So uh, I I don't see them competing this year. I, I can't. I know they, they've had it where they've been able to do it. You said it earlier with, when they have a roster that doesn't look like they should be able to. I think this is a year for Tampa where, once again, sort of like Baltimore, do they trade Archer? When do they trade Cologne? Uh, that's what I'm waiting for here. When are these moves happening? The funny part is that if Friedman's going to wish he was back in Tampa if the Dodgers don't win the World Series in the next couple of years because uh, Billy Beans made a career out of, um, you know what, when you coach a small market team, there's no pressure to win. It's true. I mean, it really is true. There isn't any pressure to win. Uh, the Dodgers, I mean, I don't know if they're going to win the World Series. They'll certainly be in the playoffs. Well, they, they probably got to score a run first. Uh, really, having trouble scoring in the beginning of the season here. But still, with that staff, soon, you know, Wood, Hill, you got Bueller coming up, Kershaw, obviously. Hard for me not to see them at least in the playoffs, but I don't think they're the favorite. Uh, I can't go with the Nationals. I guess I'll go with the Cubs. 
Ferris Bueller. Do you like Ferris Bueller? I did like Ferris Bueller. One of my uh, one of my favorite movies. Uh, if you don't like Ferris Bueller, uh, there's something wrong with you. I watched War Games the other day. Another uh, Matthew Broderick uh, film. Whatever happened to his career? He was married to Sarah Jessica Parker, right? They are they still married? Huh? I, I know he ha- he was. I'm not sure if they still are. Oh, uh, that's what happens. It's Anybody got a line on this? Till death do us part. Till death does do us part doesn't exactly mean. Till death do us part. Uh, no, no. Until I f- feel like getting rid of you, that's pretty much what it means <laughs> nowadays. Uh, I think he does more Broadway plays than anything else now. Uh, you know, the last thing I heard about Sarah Jessica Parker was Kim Cattrall and what went at her a couple of weeks ago, saying, "Oh, we we were never friends. We're not friends on the show. We're we're not friends now either." Okay, thank you. I don't care. <laughs> Why do they get so uh, crazy? I forget why it came up, why, uh, but it was an interview, uh, or it was in the paper. I don't, I don't think I saw it. That uh, I definitely didn't see it because I, I would have been curious to what Kim Cattrall looks like nowadays. But how uh, they? I guess they're not. They're not as close as some people perceive them to be. And is it the other one, uh, Cynthia Nixon? And I say maybe the uh, she is. She's running for against, or, or she's trying to run for the governor of New York. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, do you wish no, that's serious. Do you wish, not joking there. Do you wish her well? Sure, why not? I mean, uh, would you who, vote, I, would you I'm of the belief that they're all, they're all. I'd vote for anybody who's different. I mean, they're all crooked. They're all not, no, nobody's doing anything for us anyway. Might as well put somebody new in there. See what happens. I agree. So let's just. That's what. But that that was um, that was the thinking of. Uh, the last president election. I think we all went with that. Yeah, one. I know. I think I said the same thing. And that ain't working out so well. <laughs> I saw a poll the other day that uh, he isn't uh, expected to uh, to win in the re-election. And I'm like, didn't we already go through this one time where we didn't expect him to win? Yeah. Uh. You're right. I mean, uh, as far as that, I, I firmly believe if the Democrats would have just put up somebody up there who we didn't hate, you know, they, they would have won this. And they, I don't think they'll make that that same mistake next time. They'll put up somebody worthy of, uh, of beating him out. Uh, unless, like I said, things change over the next two plus years. Who the hell knows? But uh, I'm not really a big political person. But uh, I do know this doesn't seem to be working out at all. Where are they going to find this person? It's a good question. Yeah, it's a question who, who it's going to be. Uh, that's why I'm not saying it's definite. You know, they they got to put somebody up there that we don't mind voting for. Uh, Hillary had her own issues. What's we? A lot of people didn't didn't yes. like Trump. Hillary had the same issues. They're both liars. I think it's more, it's most politicians. It's hard to trust anybody in office nowadays. I'm of the belief we need to blow this all up and start from scratch. You know, that's I get it. so angry when you hear about these people who vote along party lines, Tony. Because are you voting for the people who you represent, or just because every other Republican or Democrats voting that way it drives me insane? You're voting what your people want that you represent, not because of your, your favor. You're getting paid. Oh God, makes me angry. George is there. George, Boston Red Sox. We talked about David Price earlier. I was uh, of the opinion that Eduardo Nunez is going to be the Boston Red Sox second baseman this season. I think Dustin Pedroia. Has an injury. I don't think they'll just give him the job back because he's been there forever. I think that if uh, Nunez shows he can do something, that he's going to keep this job. I don't know if I can agree with you there. I think uh, Nunez is actually going to become more of a super utility guy because I just—it's Pedroia, you know, an icon there in Boston. I just don't think they're going to move on. But I don't feel strongly about this because the manager is different, so he owes no allegiance. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. The man is different. I think there's been a problem, and I think Dustin Pedroia is part of the problem there with his divide in the Red Sox clubhouse, and that's why they got rid of the manager. And I think if the guy's playing well, one of the things they're going to do is keep the guy in there. I mean, how do you take the guy out if he's playing well? It's not like Dustin Pedroia has been playing like Dustin Pedroia over the last couple of years. I can't argue that because I, I believe in that. I believe that wholeheartedly. If I'm managing a team, I'm not really, you know, if it ain't broke, I'm not fixing it. You know, and I think that's what teams make huge mistakes when they do that. Uh, and Corey, like I said, he owes no allegiance to uh, Pedroia. And Pedroia is not the same player he used to be. You know, so I think in that case, you know, <laughs> I just think Pedroia gets a shot. 
I just think he gets a shot, but I think it could end up being a, a quick shot. I think it could be a mistake. And if Pedroia is, I mean, if Nunez is uh, hitting over 300 and doing, you know, electrifying on the bases and, you know, all this other stuff, then you're right. I can't see them pulling him out, but I, I can't see Pedroia just being a full-time bench player. I just, I can't There's see no that. What? That's the problem, Tony. See, Pedroia's hit 290 for the last three years, so which is great, but it's seven home runs, 15, 12. I mean, those numbers are single-handedly. Is Pedroia better defense? Yes. But Nunez brings a thing on the base, like you mentioned, the bases. He makes things happen. He's got to stay in that lineup. And the problem is the Red Sox are so deep, he can't play anywhere else. He can't play in the outfield because they got three all-star defenders. Like, they have the best defensive outfield in baseball by far. Then at third base, everybody loves Rafael Devers. He's not going to play any shortstop with Alexander Bogarts there. He can only play second base. And you, once again, you, unless an injury happens, you're, you're right. Yeah, they you have look three at numbers, I mean, yeah, you're not, you're not going to play him at first base. You know, same problem there. You certainly not going to play him with JD Martinez. Three guys, you know, they got three guys for two spots with, you know, first base DH with Ramirez, Martinez, and Marlin. The thing is, can you see Pedroia just being a bench player, playing once a week? It happens. It ha- I know. It, 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 you know, it's one of those things where he's been there. He probably he might. The Red Sox are real. Uh, they're not like most teams as far as uh, numbers retired before. They might have loosened up, though. Before, you had to have be in the Hall of Fame to get your number retired. But they retired David Ortiz's number. So I don't know if that's no, uh, you know, something that's changed. Well, Ortiz should have had his number retired. I, I don't have he an issue with have, that. He should have, they broke their rules. And he probably is going to make the Hall of Fame. I don't know. If I, he's an interesting test case. Yeah. Because yeah. You know, he's, I, on, he's on that report. <laughs> you know, if, well, if you let him in. The reason sort I of, say he gets in is Mike Piazza got in. Yeah, listen, we all know Piazza did it, that, but he's not on the report. I, listen, I don't, as far as steroids are concerned, I don't care. I think you're you're out of your mind, silly. If you think there aren't steroids guys already in the bull, uh, oh, in the bullpen, already in the yeah. Hall of Fame, it's been around since. But the there's 70s, two folks. issues with Ortiz too. It's not only steroids, the DH, DH, and Edgar Martinez can't get in. Yeah, you know, I get it, but he's on he's on Boston. You know, Martinez is up in Seattle. There is a little. Uh, I'm not going to deny the East Coast bias either. Uh, like I said, as far as the numbers on the field are concerned, Ortiz should get in. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I don't care about the steroids. I'm I'm a believer that three quarters of the players were doing it at that time. It's probably a little less now. But uh, so, I mean, I think players were already in the Hall of Fame. And Yvonne Rodriguez is uh, in the Hall of Fame. What did he admit when he lost all that weight that one year? I stopped eating fast food. (laughs) Yeah, okay. How stupid do you think we are? When people eat this up, that's why they keep these guys out. Is is idiotic to me. Bond should be in. Clemens should be in. You know, uh, about the only person who I might agree with being out would be Pete Rose, because of I agree. what he did. But even that, I people, might be okay with. Uh, you people out there, the Pete Rose, are the dumbest. You guys should have been on the OJ jury that think Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame because <laughs> you're as dumb as them. And the reason being is the one thing you can't do is you can't have a game tainted because then it becomes highlight then it becomes professional wrestling and that that can't happen and that's what pete rose is guilty of pete rose is guilty as far as i'm concerned of the only thing that she should be absolutely out of baseball for well what bothers me about the pete rose uh supporters is that oh well you know he was betting on his own team well, you know, no. that might be true, but, but that means he was also putting people's careers in jeopardy because he's starting a reliever who maybe under normal circumstances yeah. wouldn't have put in the game because he pitched three days in a row, but he's his best reliever. Got to throw him in there because I need to win my 50 bucks. You know, so that, that's what drives me insane about this. So, uh, well, here's the other thing. No, that that's why I don't, I don't feel bad for Rose at all. There's two other things that, that, that drive me insane about that. If you, first of all, if you look at it like that and say, oh, so when he didn't when he didn't bet though on his team, that means and he bet you know five days a week he was bet he on saving his team. players. The other two, yeah. What was he doing there? So that's that's like a bet against. And two, how do you know he didn't bet against the team? Did he say that? Like the guy that's lied about everything, we're gonna believe him that he never bet against his team. I mean, who who? Where are we getting that information from? I think as far as they know, they can't, they can't prove he bet against them. 
right? What that came but I'm out. saying, oh, I, th- I think you're right. I don't obviously, think... if he probably did. I mean, come on, Pete Rose. Coming back more on the weekend fantasy update right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Welcome back to the Weekend Fantasy Update right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It is George Kurtz, Tony Sincata, and we're here absolutely getting it done, talking a little fantasy baseball. George, what could be better than this? Oh, not much. I mean, really, not much. Uh, Baseball, you know, hockey too. Tony, hockey's gearing up here, Tony. Fantasy sports football's had an interesting offseason. I mean, uh, talked about it earlier. Rams trying to acquire everybody. Beckham, uh, I like this. It's been a fun, uh, it's been a better month of March than usual. The Rams are trying to uh, be the Golden State Warriors of the NFL. They are, right? And I kind of like that, you know, because I, I think the Rams <laughs> are starting to realize hey, you know, your window of opportunity isn't forever. You know, if we get, we got a chance to win now, go out and win now. My only problem is the NFC is starting to look an awful lot like Philadelphia, the Rams, and uh, Minnesota, and then everybody else. I'll tell you what, it's crazy. That's a lot better than the AFC, where it's the New England Patriots and everyone else. True. I guess we're, we're three times better there. I do find. I, I, I wonder if I, I don't know if I'm thinking about this as an analyst or maybe a fan. I do wonder: is this finally the year, though? You know, they got, got took some hits to the offensive line. I wonder if that's this is the, finally the year that New England's not an automatic for the AFC Championship game. But as you and I have talked out about before, it's Josh McCown, AJ McCarron, Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> really, one of them's going to beat win, out Tom so, Brady for the AFC East. So they're going to win ten games in the in the in the AFC, right? They win ten games in that AFC East, it, it, no matter what, right? If everything goes wrong, they go ten and six. And they'll probably win the division. Then it gets the playoffs, and the Ravens aren't what they used to be. And it's only the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, Jaguars are coming up, but it's, once again, it's hard to see Blake Bortles I'm being, tell you right now, beating them. The Jaguars are going to be lucky to be 500 next year. They had, People don't realize the gifts they got this year. They played Indianapolis with no quarterback twice. They played Houston with no quarterback twice. Now they play Philadelphia, New England, and Pittsburgh in the regular season because they play a first-place schedule. And that division is way better if Andrew Luck and Deshaun Watson are back. That division is actually uh, interesting, assuming everybody's yeah, back. Like, yeah. That team, like if it's Houston or um, Houston, even Jacksonville, like that is probably going to be... Tennessee? One of those teams there. I'm interested to see how this Tennessee team works out because I I liked I didn't like Mariota when he came out of the draft. Like I wouldn't have made him the number one pick. Then I liked what I saw when he played his rookie year, and then last year he regressed. Now I'm interested to see what happens this year. Yeah, he needs to take that. Uh, I wonder. If, I still think last year I think he was a little banged up, a little hurt, couldn't use his legs as much. I think, and I also I wonder if you know we see a lot of coaches in the uh, in the NFL, and I get it. You don't want the running quarterback to run because risk of injury. And we've seen uh, Mario to get multiple injuries the past couple of years. So I wonder if uh, Wizard was claw, you know, shutting him down and that hurt him because he's not that kind of quarterback. You know, he, he's the kind of guy who does have to run. He can't just be a pure pocket pass, sort of like Cam Newton. If you just don't let him run, he's, he's an average quarterback at best. So I wonder if they'll, they'll like I said, let him go. Take the leash off here. Let him, let him do his thing here. So uh, that division, though, you're right. All four of these teams are going to be fun to watch. Yeah, you look at the rest of the AFC. Oakland, Gruden thinks it's 1970. Good luck. Uh, KC, you got rid of Alex Smith. Maybe it works out in Mahomes. Maybe it doesn't. Denver, uh, I, I don't buy Case Keenum. Uh, I almost said San Diego. Almost said San Diego. 
But Los Angeles I Chargers, uh, I, I try and catch myself, Tony. I truly do. But uh, it's it's tough. Uh, but, you know, see, I think uh, LA, the Chargers could be an interesting team. Well, good defense there. Offense coming uh, is there with Phillip Rivers as well. They might be the team I might pick to come out of that division. The Chargers. Talking fantasy baseball, the Toronto Blue Jays. Now, this is an interesting team for me fantasy-wise because I don't get it, man. This Blue Jays roster, we talk about Tampa Bay and all the offseason moves they made. This Blue Jays roster is not very good. We just put Troy Tulowitzki on the 60-day disabled list. Uh, they brought in Almedes Diaz and Jan Jervis Salate uh, to back up and give them a little depth in the infield. And they might need it because we talked about it earlier in the show with Josh Donaldson at third base. Devin Travis is a guy that's very interesting that I think was well worth a chance in the last couple of rounds where people were taking him, uh, Devin Travers. Agreed. A guy, once again, before injuries take, was really a decent player here. Uh, but you know, when I think Blue Jays, uh, Tony, it was the offense. You know, they, they get a lot of home runs when Bautista was there. You, we talked about it earlier, you have to be worried about Donaldson because this looks like something with his shoulder, labor, and rotator cuff, something along those lines, and not a dead arm, at least from what I'm observing here. You know, and it wouldn't be against teams lying to us. Diaz, a nice player. You know, Smoke, I don't know if I would truly buy into Smoke, but I think the, the power is somewhat legitimate. But at the outfield, I mean, Grychuk, Pilar, Grandison, mm, Pilar is pretty much a Kiermaier clone. Uh, Morales looks like he's regressed at DH, and now if, if Donaldson has to play uh, at DH. That means Morales can't play because there's no place for him to put him. You're not going to put him at first base over smoke. So uh, they have a lot of issues here. I am interested somewhat in the pitching staff. And I do like Stroman and Sanchez. Sanchez had the finger issue or fingernail issue all of last year. That seems to be uh, recovered. Didn't pitch all that great against the Yankees in his first up. It wasn't poor either. He certainly kept his team in the game. But it's another team. If everything goes well, sure, I can see them competing for a wild card spot. But fantasy-wise, if I had to do a draft right now, uh, I, there's no, nobody I'm dying to get here. Maybe Smoke is a corner infielder, tra- Travis is a middle infielder, but that's it. Uh, real interesting news uh, that just came out. If uh, We're recording this on Saturday, if you listen to this on Sunday, so we, we don't know how this played out. But the New York Yankees are starting Aaron Judge in center field today. Surprised, because uh, once again, it's not necessary. Uh, I wonder if Aaron Boone's overthinking things a little bit here. Uh, I don't know if I want Judge. You don't need to have him out there. You got McKinney. You got Gardner. You know, McKinney's one of them should be playing. Able to play out he's there. playing left field. If he's Gardner's Gardner's getting a day off. off. He's out of the lineup. Neil Walker's hitting leadoff. I wonder if there's an injury here. The Yankees aren't facing a left-hander today. That's Strowman no. uh, 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 Saturday. That's, that's Strowman starting. I wonder if there's an injury we don't know about here. You know, did Gardner get hurt? I'm thinking of the game last time. Whenever I think of Gardner, I always think of the idiotic when he dives into first base all the time. But I don't think, believe he did that yesterday. I know the Yankees have tried to get him from stop, stop him from doing that because it does lead to injury. And it, uh, scientists will tell you it does not make you go faster. It actually slows you down. Uh, I don't remember an injury. I will... Uh, I follow a whole bunch of the Yankee beat writers, so I will look that up here. But I wonder if Gardner can't go today because this doesn't make much sense. Your third game into the season, you don't need a day off. And the Yankees have a day off on Tuesday. And as I mentioned, the weather is not all that well in New York for the first couple of days this week. Yankees may have several days off. One of the things that's interesting is that if you guys are hurting at middle infield, I love the Yankees picking up um, – uh, Walker, and I think that Neil Walker is a guy uh, that you could look at and seeing him hitting leadoff today. According to the New York Yankees, uh, Brett Gardner not in the Yankees starting lineup for Saturday game against the Blue Jays. It looks like nothing more than a routine day off. Strange. Unless they're dying to get Judge in center field, which doesn't really make any sense. Yes, Judge can run, but he's not. Yeah, you know, he's not Gardner Ellsbury or someone like that. This is strange to me that they would do this. I'm looking at the same things. I don't see any of the beat writers saying anything about this, so it might just be a day off. Uh, I wonder if Gardner's numbers against Stroman are that bad. You know, let's get a lefty-righty uh, matchup. No, Gardner's been looking yeah, good. Yeah, Estrada today. Yeah, Estrada today. Um, it's a real interesting. Really, they changed that. Milwaukee is the leadoff hitter. Aaron Judge, Stanton, Didi Gore is sitting fourth. 
Gary Sanchez, fifth. Brandon Drury, sixth. McKinney, seventh. Tyler Austin, eighth. Tyler Wade, nine. You know what? Everybody thinks those Yankees is the best uh, lineup ever. All of a sudden, we're only in the third game of the season, and it's the sixth hitters, Brandon Drury, Bill McKinney, Tyler Austin, and Tyler Wade. You know, the Yankees had some uh, some injuries there, right? No, you lost uh, Greg Bird probably until uh, somewhere around May, so he uh, he's not going to be in your lineup for a while. And now you lost a center fielder, so you lost Hicks. It uh, it hurts a little bit, but not. I don't think it hurts massively. But uh, the best lineup ever. Well, wasn't that always overdone because mainly the big three of Stanton, Judge, and uh, Sanchez, who people think are going to hit what 135 home runs between them. So uh, I wonder if that's what it is. And they have the update on the Yankee situation. So we'll see if uh, uh, Judge, and if you listen to this on demand, you've probably already seen it and how that worked out uh, for the New York Yankees playing a little outfield, playing a little center field there. So I didn't think that this year, I said that they would, Judge and Stanton would not play 20 games in the outfield at the same time. Um, Seeing this happening in the third game is interesting to me. Yeah, like I said, uh, I'm I'm very curious what the uh, what Boone's reasoning is here. I mean, really, very curious why you wouldn't have Gardner. And it's it's a lefty. I can sort of see it. Uh, and uh, but Sonny Gray goes for the Yankees today. He's a fly ball pitcher too. It's not like you got a ground ball guy up there. Um, you know, yeah, Brett Gardner. Really a, a no, Sabathia today. It's going to be Sabathia a is going today. Oh, that's fine then, because any any hit fly ball will be a home run. So uh, good. You <laughs> he won't need to do much running. <laughs> He could just stand there and watch it go over his head? Uh, pretty much. I mean, uh, Sabathia hits – he's pitched well. Listen, he's figured out how to pitch, but he gives up a lot of home, a lot of homers and a lot of hard-hit balls. Uh, I'll tell you one thing. I, this would not be the game if I'm Boone that I'd put Judge out there. I'd probably do it with uh, Severino, you know, strikeout guy. Not going to get too many, as many balls in play here. Um, I don't know. I'm reading a quote from Gardner. He does seem to be fine, so uh, – it, it, it does seem to be a manager's decision. Boone, his first time as a manager of the Yankees being second-guessed. It's only take three days. Oh, I, I don't even think it took that long. I'm sure it was the opening day he was second-guessed. <laughs> you, you, you think that uh, it's interesting. How did you feel about the Yankees hiring a guy with no experience? Surprised. That was the because once again, Yankees, no experience. You know, I understand Boone has a connection to the team. Of course, he played the one you hit the home run against Boston of Wakefield. Uh, but, you know, I really thought the Yankees were going to go with Hensley Mullins because Mullins speaks three languages. And I thought that was, I think it's important in today's game. I think actually maybe four languages, uh, including Japanese. And this was before Otani came over, uh, before we knew where Otani was going, is what I should say. And he speaks Japanese. He speaks, uh, uh, I forget what language Didi Gregorio speaks, but that, Spanish and English. So I thought. That would have been a good mix here and a guy who's ready and also a former Yankee. So he has a connection here uh, and a guy that, like I said, people think is ready for that next step. So I thought he had the best chance, but uh, I don't mind Boone. Listen, Tony, I am of the belief that you know, in today's game, all we do is follow the stats. Not only fantasy players, but the managers too. And the Yankees front overs believes in it. Really, I think all managers do is make pitching changes. Everything else is sort of I, dictated I, to them. Nobody really steals bases, I, I, runs, hits, and, hits and runs anymore. It's all told. Yeah, right? I totally agree with you. I think the manager in baseball is so overrated. You're more of a CEO than like a X's and O's guy. And you know yep. what? You got 25 guys. You get some guys a little playing time every once in a while. Uh, you you make sure that the, you know your, your your problem child show up on time, <laughs> and that's it. Like you have to be a man. Deal with the clubhouse people. and deal with the media. Yeah, and be great at interviews and things like that. Uh, I don't think there's any X's and O's in baseball. I think that the fantasy nerd, you could give him a, you know, maybe a, a Nintendo controller and let him uh, control the team from the stands if he wanted to. I agree. Because I think, once again, I think Cashman, or I shouldn't say Cashman in particular, but the, the analytics department for the Yankees pretty much tells him his lineup. These guys have to play today because they have great numbers, da 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 You know, and other than that, nobody hits him. We don't, you see, rarely see a hit and run. You know, you don't see stolen bases anymore, so there's no decisions to make during the game. It's really when you get your relievers in there. And even that's told to you. Which relievers you're using today, based on availability, have the best matchups? And you go on from there. A manager's job is really, as you were saying, the clubhouse, deal with the 25 personalities, get them to play, and deal with the media. And that's why Girardi's not there, by the way. Everything else he was fine with, but the media he was not. 
he for a well, guy who's no. been a part of the media, which is really strange, he had issues. Yeah. Well, the other issue was he was not the he did not get along with his coworkers, and and it's not the players. It was the uh, the the sabermetric people in the uh, at Van, which is now you know big part of that. He. But it's uh, funny. He didn't always agree. His nickname with by Yankee beat writers was Binder Boy because he followed over numbers. Yeah, yeah. So unless he had I his own had, numbers, it's weird. I think that's what it is. I think he thinks he was smarter than some of them, which he might have been. I mean, the guy had and success that, all the time. And I, but that's not surprising because once again, he might think he's smarter. Because well, don't we see this? A lot of people knock down the number. Oh, you nerds! I know what I'm doing more than yeah. you. And if he believes in his own, oh, he only wants to use certain numbers because he played maybe numbers he doesn't believe in. That wouldn't shock me either. And I heard that you know something. Listen, obviously Gary Sanchez and him didn't get along, and there no. were some other rumors <laughs> that other players didn't get along with him. But I think the listen the criticism of Sanchez was probably uh, you know deserved. You know, he had, he sort of had Jorge Posada disease. I, I liked Jorge Posada, but man, he was a catcher who couldn't catch, and that's concerning <laughs> at that position. You know what's crazy about that? Like Jorge Posada, like ten years from now, people are going to talk about him as being like one of the greatest in the game. And because whenever you retire, every year you every year you're retired, you get a little better. And <laughs> you're right, he couldn't catch. <laughs> Oh, he's the Ten years from now, I mean, uh, people will be saying the best catches in baseball history are Johnny Bench, Ivan Rodriguez, and Jorge Posada. Posada, I mean, he he used to be a decent defensive catcher. Shoulder surgery hurt his arm, but I don't know what happened to the catching. What did he his eyes checked? But uh, it was it was frustrating. Uh, you know, I'm not talking blocking balls here, but if you can't catch a fastball going right down Broadway, something's wrong. You know, something's wrong. It also bothered me that he wouldn't play the one game, and he was upset that the. Uh, I guess it was Girardi, or well, was Girardi, who dropped him to, I think, the ninth in the batting order. I mean, he wasn't yeah, hitting. Yeah, yeah. And he, oh, I'm not playing. You know, the old, if I'm not starting, I'm not, I ain't departing. Greatest line ever, by the way, by Derek you, Bell. You know what? And you're a Yankees fan, so you, but you're pretty honest. Those Yankees guys, right? The, 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 the big players, they get away with a lot because they won, but they were kind of dicks. Like Derek Jeter, I thought was the biggest dick in his final year. That, I, that I've ever seen. He was another guy that refused to get dropped to the batting order as the seventh. Uh, Cashman had to have a meeting with him to discuss it. I mean, what the hell? Who who has a meeting with a player to discuss moving down in the batting order? He didn't play in the final series at Fenway Park when the Yankees fans bought all the tickets. Uh, this guy went on as a prima donna, as big as I've ever seen, and yet he's the ultimate team player. Yeah, I, I agree with you about you. I think most. Oh, of and then that, that and then he would have no part of Alex Rodriguez playing shortstop. Yeah, I think most people know that about you. You think about it even now, even before he owned the ball, he only came back to Yankee Stadium once, and that's when they retired his number. Uh, didn't go to spring training. Yankees always have a host of their, uh, you know, their yeah. former players go to spring training. He wouldn't go, even though he lives in Tampa. You know, so uh, <laughs> listen, he is what he is. Uh, I don't. It doesn't bother me. As a Yankee fan, you don't want to show up again. It's a little annoying. You don't go. He's not going to Old Timers Day and all that other stuff. He's moved on, you know. And, uh, and now he's the, with Miami anyway, so he wouldn't show up to anything. But yeah, he is sort of a. Uh, my job with you is done. I'm moving on. I'm done with you. Fine, we paid you. We're done with you. That's it. Good sayonara. All of a sudden, we are coming back for the final hour. Stay tuned for more of the weekend fantasy update. <laughs> 